Emily, welcome hey. to Bunaroo Parsnips. This is our radio Sunday, podcast. Sunday, for, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> is that not good? <laughs> yeah. Kyle, just ask, just, you don't have to like entree into it. Just ask the question that you have no, written down. I was, I'm trying to pep us up, Emily. <laughs> oh, you're, I'm trying oh. to get us excited, you know. <laughs> you know, all of those sound effects that you might hear. And I'm going to bring us right back down with the question of the day. Emily, thoughts on bird watching? Uh, you know, it's a weird thing to me because you can't guarantee that you're going to see birds, you know? That is true. That, I mean, that is the thing. It's mostly not, it's mostly n- nothingness watching, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. more like bird sighting, I guess. I get, yeah, because then you don't know what kind of birds you're going to see. Like people like go places to to see birds that they haven't seen before. Yeah. And then what if you get, you've just seen <laughs> they, it. That's it. That's it. You saw it with your eyes and the moment's gone. Or worse, they didn't see it. And they went somewhere for that. Like I don't. I yeah. I don't. I don't mean to come out starchly against bird watching, but yeah. I guess that's the stance that I'm taking right now. That's okay. Um, I love bird watching. <laughs> Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Emily Moyers and Kyle Imperator take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. I'm Emily Moyers. And I'm Kyle Imperator. Emily, I have a great word for you today. You're gonna hate the living guts out of me. (laughs) We have and reached that, the point where that's the goal, huh? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, and I'm so excited to tell it to you. Emily, your word today is electromancy. Oh. A-L-E-C-T-R-Y-O-M-A-N-C-Y. Electromancy. Electromancy. Or electriomancy. Yeah, I gotta be honest, I am kind of like peeved <laughs> that it's not <laughs> pronounced that way. <laughs> because I did so much research into like the Y ending words. Yeah. But it's not, it's electriomancy. All right. So I'm gonna say Greek. Yes, it's Greek. It's Greek. I always feel the need to establish it. But it doesn't help me figure out what it means. <laughs> Sometimes it can, you know. It gives you a feel for it, you know, a mood. The trio or the triomb, mm-hmm. it feels like that. I should be able to know what that part of the word means. But I don't think I do. I've probably heard it before. I know for a fact you have, but <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> That's fair. So I mean, it's a if it's not a noun, I will uh, exit the podcast. So please tell me that it is. It is a noun, so you don't okay. have to leave just yet. And I'm yeah, I'm for sure gonna have to ask for a hint because I just have no idea. You're gonna love my hint, Emily. Oh no, because I know for a fact it won't help you, but it'll help people at home. I think. 
It's just uh, you just establishing that I'm dumb. No, just I picked a bad hint. Ready? Okay. Your hint is foghorn. <laughs> I say, I say. Yeah. Foghorn. Foghorn. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Electriomancy is. See, I keep thinking of it as like a magical art because it sounds like magic things. Okay. Okay. Uh, your reaction makes me think maybe it is. <laughs> I didn't react at all. I know. That's what makes me think you were being deliberately coy. <laughs> <laughs> and wet. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't like this side of Kyle that I've just unlocked. <laughs> Electromancy is the act of creating sounds by magic. That's what I of what you think there's someone out there who said i need to create sounds what's the most efficient way of doing this <laughs> through magic magic <laughs> like yes. the worst voiceover artist the worst foley artist in the world <laughs> is really expensive he does all that by magic <laughs> Yeah, that's the best I got, Kyle. It's not a terrible guess, Emily, because I will say you did get half of the word correct. Oh, are you ready for the definition yeah. of electromancy? Yeah, what's the half I got right? The sound half? No. The magic half? <laughs> yep. Crazy. <laughs> Emily, electromancy is divination by rooster. <gasps> Wait, it was Foghorn Leghorn? Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> you went the other way. I did. Well, my immediate thought was Foghorn Leghorn, and then I thought that's obviously not it. I'm gonna steer away from that. <laughs> you know, I came up with it and I was like, "This could be icky," and I was like, "You know what? Perfect. That may it won't be so direct." You know. So yes, but also I should acknowledge the fact that you just said divination by rooster, which is insane. Yeah. It is. So insane, wow. Emily. Oh, wait. Then, yes, I have heard that root because uh, Hippolectrion. There you go, Emily. Wow. I got yes. there in the end. <laughs> Hippolectrion, for those of you at home, a Hippolectrion is half horse, half chicken, half rooster. Yeah. It's like a mythical Greek, yeah. uh, mythical yeah. creature. In our Legomachy episode, we talked about Electriomachy, which is cockfighting. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Uh, yeah. Actually, maybe we didn't. I don't know if I we did. I did in my head. <laughs> so, And that is actually a part of electriomancy in some regions, but we're not going to talk about that today. Let's start with the etymological part of electriomancy. So there's two parts, Emily. Okay. The second half we're going to cover later. Okay. We'll okay. put a pin in that. But we're going to start with the first half. That comes from the ancient Greek word electrion, mm -hmm. which means either a male or female chicken. Okay. Can be either. Just chicken overall. Yeah. And that comes from elector, which could mean either rooster or husband. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. It's strange, but that's because these nouns are formed from the verb Alexa, which means to ward off or to guard. Oh, were there like guard roosters? Not exactly, 
but you'll see what the connection is when we get okay. into the into the histor- history of electriomancy. The histriomancy. The yeah, the his histrio. His- I'm pretty sure it has to do with like hysterectomies and stuff like that. I was going to say. <laughs> um, but the word alexa, the uh, verb there, can be traced back to a Proto-Indo-European word that means protect. And that word is the common ancestor of a modern Persian word, lashkar, which means Ooh. army. So there is like a modern day connection to that background. That's super cool. So Emily, chickens yeah. were an extremely important part of ancient Roman life especially as used in fortune telling. That's insane. <laughs> yes, I know. Not how <laughs> you expect tell me more. <laughs> this history to begin. They were in fact so important that flocks of sacred chickens were maintained by a public official specifically for electriomancy. Wow. So how did the chickens divine? That's a great question, Emily. It's pretty simple, and we're going to get there in a second. Okay. Okay. The job title of the person who kept these chickens was that of a Polarius. The Polarius was responsible for the governmental electriomantic services. And Pularius comes from the Latin pulus, which could mean a young animal, but it could also mean specifically a chick. And that's where our English poultry comes from. Oh, that makes so much Mm -hmm. sense. You know, it's it's really interesting that so many of our modern day words are going to come from this crazy, crazy thing, Emily. <laughs> so these polaria were types of augers. Do you know what an auger is or what I augury do. is? Yes, augury is is divining, is like telling the future. Yes, specifically for the ancient Romans, augury was the Roman equivalent to what the ancient Greeks called ornithomancy well that's got to be related to birds because ornithology is study of birds absolutely emily so the two of them involved reading signs in the behavior of birds so electriomancy is like a a subsect of that because it's specifically for roosters gotcha emily uh you might also recognize the word auger from the word inauguration that's related? That's related. <gasps> An inauguration is taken from the Latin verb inaugurare, which means take omens from birds in flight. Because it is often used for inaugurating buildings. I don't know. There's some weird connection there. That is a weird connection. In ancient Rome, an auger was specifically called an auspex, which comes from avis for bird and spatio, meaning I watch, literally one who watches birds, an auspex. Sure. So the Polarius's observations, which the Romans naturally called auspices i've heard that word as well Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. were of special interest to military leaders emily so when they were looking for advice about an upcoming battle perhaps they would visit the cage where the sacred chickens were kept and they'd watch as the polarius coaxed the flock from their confines with dried corn or wheat Emily, are you ready for the magic part? Okay, I am ready. It's less magic and more than, you know, more divining, but you'll see. So, no, no, no. It, I'm going to I'm going to 100% believe that this is magic. So, whatever you tell me, I'm going to go get a flock of chickens and do. 
Perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> I knew this was the case, so I bought you a flock of chickens. They're ready <gasps> for you. Wow, happy birthday, me. Happy birthday. <laughs> so, Emily, if the chickens ate well, it meant that the impending battle would turn in their favor, obviously. If the chickens ate so ravenously that they spilled food from their mouth, the outlook was seen as particularly auspicious. Hmm? Okay. Okay, in this instance, the Polarius would yell... Tripudium solistimum, or the corn danced, and everyone <laughs> laughed and laughed. He's a hilarious Polarius. It's, he's a hilarious Polarius. Thank you, Emily. <laughs> Someone had to say it. Now, Emily, if the chickens refused to eat, though. Yeah, this has got to be a bad sign. Yeah, the battle would be called off on the spot, and <gasps> all the plans would be redrawn. But what if it was a battle like they were being attacked? Would they just, like, decline to fight and say, no, nope, kill us all? <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, wow, hey, guys, I know that you wanted to kill us today, but... I, I'm going to need you to reschedule. <laughs> the the chicken said no, so, uh, so you want to get lunch? You can just feel free to march on Rome. We're not going to fight back. Yeah. Yeah. The chicken said we can't. And Emily, if the chickens didn't even come out of their cage, this was a harbinger of doom. Oh, it was the end of the world. Batten down the hatches. Yeah. So Pliny the Elder said of the whole ordeal. Good old Pliny. He said, these cocks daily govern our magistrates. They shut them up in their houses and keep them there. They order back battle lines to move or restrain them, theirs are the auspices of all the victories gained throughout the world. In one word, these birds command those great commanders of all nations upon the earth. Wow. It's sort of like the groundhog if we took it really, really seriously. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If groundhog was every day and how we ran our government. Yeah. If we were like six more weeks of winter, we have to change our whole society. Yeah. For the next six weeks. Uproot it. (laughs) Now, Emily, I don't know about you, right? I'm just spitballing here. If I were a Polarius, I might, I don't know, keep my brood hungry to please the military leaders. (laughs) Just an idea. Just a thought. I mean, some of them might have done so. I feel like that's not beyond the realm of belief. We believe historically that it's a pretty good bet that that's what happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, since like chickens are bound to eat when you offer them food anyway, it's a safe bet that most of these omens were usually positive, right? Yeah, chickens aren't one to say, no, you know, I'm kind of full right now. Yeah. You know, I I had a big lunch yesterday. I feel like (laughs) I should take it easy today. Do you have a salad? I had a bug for breakfast, and it's just not sitting well with <laughs> me. Sitting so right. <laughs> I think I'm I'm trying to go keto. <laughs> I'm actually on a cleanse today. Yeah. So. Do you have some like protein? Just, Can I just water? <laughs> a juice cleanse. Yeah. It wasn't always the case, though, Emily, that the omens were positive. And this story is one for the history books. Get ready for this. Okay. So take the story of the politician Publius Claudius Pulcare. He was the commander of the Roman fleet, their naval fleet, during the First Punic War, which is the first of three with Carthage. Yes. So at sea... Publius ordered his Polarius to commence the electromantic ritual before the Battle of Drepana. Okay? Okay. The sacred chickens, yet to gather their sea legs, refused to leave their cage. Uh-huh. Now, 
you and I both know what that means, right? That means bad times are on the way. Publius was pissed. <laughs> he was so angered by this. He declared, Bibant, quonium edere nolent, which means, since they do not wish to eat, let them drink, and had them thrown into the depths below. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of just shooting the messenger, you know? Theoretically, the chickens are just predicting what is already in motion. It's not their fault. What do you think then happened? <gasps> like, the heavens opened up and they all perished in a hurricane at sea. Not literally, but figuratively, maybe, <gasps> yes. So, in the battle, the Roman fleet was decimated, oh like completely God. destroyed. And Publius was then forced by the Senate to appoint a special dictator just to clean up his mess. Wait, a special dictator? It was like how we in America have like a special council for dealing with, you know, certain right. law cases. He had to appoint somebody to, to just clean everything up and make everything right. Wow. We don't know why. It's either out of jest or out of spite. But Publius nominated, and I quote, the most inappropriate man he could think of. <laughs> and speaking of killing the messenger, it was his messenger, the scribe Marcus Claudius Glicia. Wow. It was just a scribe that he nominated to be dictator. <laughs> I mean, either the best or worst day of that guy's life. <laughs> yeah, truly. <laughs> it was not a good day for him. The Senate did not find this funny. So they either didn't install him or they let him be installed and then immediately were like, we're going to put somebody else in. Right. And then they ended up fining Publius 120,000 asses which is a thousand for each ship that he lost. So he wow. lost 120 ships in the fleet. Can we calculate how many that is in Quincunxes? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Emily, Publius was also charged with treason specifically for the chicken incident because the chickens <gasps> were so sacred that there were laws against one, I'm sure. disobeying their orders, and two, killing them. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I love the chicken incident as chicken like incident. an event in history. Yeah. It really was a chicken incident. And the funny thing is, he was charged with treason for the chicken part first, and then they wanted to kill him. They wanted <gasps> to put him in jail for the rest of his life, but they couldn't because there were double jeopardy laws in Rome at the time, and they couldn't charge him again for like the same thing. So since oh. they'd already charged him for the chicken part, they couldn't put him to send him to jail for the losing all the ships part. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they just find him. <laughs> right. Uh, but he didn't really suffer anything because it's believed that he committed suicide shortly thereafter. <gasps> wow. So, Emily, that was the public form of electriomancy, okay? Oh. There's a more common form of electriomancy. That was dealt with in more mystical circles. Ooh. Literally, it was basically an elaborate form of Ouija. Are we talking to the dead? Through chickens? Not, not like that. Kind oh, of, okay. It could be. <laughs> Get ready. Okay. So in this form of electriomancy, which wasn't done publicly, this was done by, 
you know, just magicians. Yeah, it was done by magicians. I think there was one of the things that I was reading that was like magicians who were like trying to pull the wool over people's eyes, but con artists. <laughs> yeah. So in this form of electriomancy, an electriomancer draws a circle in the sand and it's divided to include each letter of the alphabet. Wow. With grain placed in each letter. Then a rooster is forced to swallow an enchanted scroll. Oh. And is placed in the center of the circle as the diviner repeats a mantra. I would have repeated this mantra for you, but it is so long. <laughs> Not I worth mean, it. It's probably too risky anyway. We might invoke something. <laughs> yeah, I, you do have the chickens, so. It's true. There's, And I've drawn a circle yeah. in my carpet. <laughs> yeah. Then the letters that the rooster pecks at are added up to create a word or sentence. Wow. And that's the divining there. Infallible, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> can only be a bearer of truth. Yeah, what incredible logic. <laughs> the best example that I have of this is the apocryphal story of the philosopher Iamblichus. Iamblichus? Iamblichus. Iamblichus! That... <laughs> hey! He's not Blicus. I am Blicus. <laughs> it's either I am Blicus or because of that IJ thing and a lot of the things it's oh, written it Jamblicus, <laughs> which is fun too. So Or Yamblicus. <laughs> Yamblicus. So a few years into the reign of the Emperor Valens, he outlawed all forms of divination. Okay. Oh, wow. Curious as to when that guy would be gone. Right. <laughs> Iamblichus got together with a few of his Electriomancer friends to determine who the next emperor would be. So they did their right and asked the chicken, who will the next emperor be? Yeah. After shoving a scroll down <laughs> its throat. After shoving a scroll down its throat. There are other forms of this that I read where... It's horrifying, Emily. They oh. cut the chicken's legs off, <gasps> tied it to the scroll, and <gasps> then fed it to the chicken, oh. and then made the chicken eat grain, which I don't even know how that's possible because it couldn't move around the circle to eat the grain. I hate that so much. Isn't that awful? Really awful. Terrible. But they didn't do this, we hope. <laughs> Iamblichus's chosen fowl pecked out the letters Theta, Epsilon, Omicron, Delta, spelling out T-H-E-O-D, and then stopped. Valens, the emperor, caught wind of this prognosticating and quickly put to death a number of his enemies named Theodorus, Theodotus, <laughs> Theodectes. He was oh not God. taking any risks. <laughs> it was just like, kill them all. <laughs> I mean, this is like the beginning of a fantasy movie. There's like some, some peasant child... <laughs> It's some long-forgotten yeah. village whose yeah. name is Theodore, and he will be king. Literally. <laughs> He's going to pull a sword out of a stone. You're about to embark on a journey, Theodore. Together with your brothers Alvin and... Simon. The nerdy one... <laughs> So, Emily, after Valens killed all of his enemies, his Theod Emilies. Emilies? His Theod Emilies. <laughs> Theod Emilies. That's another the figure from Greek history. Yeah, oh, what an incredible historical figure. <laughs> so, after Valens killed all of his Theod enemies, he then placed his attention on persecuting the magicians that dared to defy him. Uh, sure. 
and how do you think that ended up, Emily? I think it ended up with a bunch of dead magicians. <laughs> well, you'd be at least partially correct. We don't know what happened to the other magicians. There's actually discourse about whether or not there were more magicians or if it was just Iamblichus. But we do know that Iamblichus drank poison and killed himself oh. rather than feel the wrath of his government. You know, Yikes. it's just... Kind of what happens when you're dealing in electriomancy. It's a it's a wild and crazy time, you know? <laughs> Unfortunately for Valens, Emily, he and his entire army were killed by the Goths <gasps> in a disastrous defeat at the Battle of Adrianople. Oh, wow. You hate to see it. <laughs> but what you do like to see, there's a, a comeuppance here. He was then replaced by who no. else? No. But Theodosius I. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Electromancy's real. It's real. <laughs> the chicken was right. <laughs> wow. If there's one thing we can get from all of this, do Electromancy. Uh, yep, absolutely. Get yeah. yourselves a, a brood of chickens. So, Emily, the entirety of this story and Electromancy as a whole can be summarized by the writer Francois Rabelais. In one of the five books of the lives and deeds of Gargantua and Pantagruel. Those are Pokemon? Those are Pokemon. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They, you use them to fight the gym leader who has a chicken. Can you believe it? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Just a, not like a, a Pokemon that looks like <laughs> no. a chicken. Just a normal earth chicken. It's a chicken who's had his legs cut off and fed to him. <laughs> <laughs> so a character in that book is at one point, convinced that the protagonist, Panurge, is a cuckold, okay? Okay. And he's trying to explain the myriad ways that he could prove that he is a cuckold. And he says one of these ways is, or yet, by electriomancy. If I should hear with a compass draw round, and in looking upon thee and considering thy lot, divide the circumference thereof into four and twenty equal parts, then form a several letter of the alphabet upon every one of them, and lastly posit a barley corn or two upon each of these so disposed letters, I durst promise upon my faith and honesty that if a young virgin cock be permitted to reign a longst and athwart them, he should only eat the grains which are set and placed upon these letters. And then he spells out, A cuckold thou shalt be. <laughs> and that as fatidically as under the Emperor Valens, most perplexedly desirous to know the name of him who should be his successor to the Empire, the cock vacticinating and electromantic ate up the pickles that were posited on the letters T-H-E-O-D. <laughs> wow. Beautiful. It's just, what a beautiful summation, you know? Of a definitely real thing. Of a definitely real thing that we're all going to try after this episode. <laughs> so, Emily, that's Electromancy for I mean, you. it's a really fun word. It's a really fun word etymologically, because yeah. they are all, like, parts of words that that I did actually know both of the parts of that word and you pulled it into all those modern day words which is super cool. Yeah, I'm pretty cool guy. You could yeah, call me an electromancer cool of sorts. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that those two things are synonymous. But <laughs> no, I used a rooster to to determine that you would tell me that. So oh, okay. it, it, it okay. pecked out the letters C O O and then stopped. <laughs> I also killed a bunch of my friends. <laughs> Cooper. You said Cooper? <laughs> yes, the uh, Cooper is a name and you I said Cooper. 
<laughs> I said Cooper. Hey, Emily, I got a question for you. Can you Uh-oh. use electriomancy in a sentence? Yeah, I was afraid you were going to ask me that. Mm, okay. All right. Here we go. Um, I wanted to know if I was going to hit traffic on the road tomorrow. So I got all my sacred chickens out of their coop to electriomance the answer. And uh, they they ate all the grain right up. So we're not going to hit any traffic. I, I assume you can you can verbify it into electriomance. I don't know, but we're gonna because that's <laughs> I how I think other works. mancy words you can. Well, Emily, I couldn't have written down a better segue <laughs> if I did, and I didn't. So, <laughs> would you like to play a game? <laughs> Let's play a game, Kyle. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So, Emily, the other half of electriomancy, the mancy part, yeah. comes from the ancient Greek mantis, which means prophet. And yes, it's the namesake of our praying insect pals. <gasps> wow. That's fun. Now, Emily, what do you know about the hermetic tradition? <laughs> wow. You know, it's been a minute, Kyle, since we've asked that question. <laughs> I know. I like to think I know a little bit, but I could always learn more. I'm so glad you answered that way. And you do <laughs> know a lot. You've got some context. So that Rabelais rabble from earlier, remember that whole? Yeah, that quote there. So I didn't tell you the name of the character that was speaking that quote, and that was on purpose, all right? I was hiding saving that it fact. up saving it up it was actually delivered by a character named hair trippa does that sound familiar to you hair trippa yeah trippa t-r-i-p-p-a trippa is that at all related to agrippa emily it turns out that rabelais wrote the character hair trippa as an obvious parody of our <laughs> dear friend the trismegist heinrich agrippa Okay. In the book, Rabelais parodies Hare Agrippa's lengthy occult treatises by straight up listing over two dozen mancies that diviners like Heinrich have insisted were just common knowledge and were not. (laughs) And in the context of the character, he was listing them all, each as ways that he could prove the protagonist Panners to be a cuckold. So for this game, Emily, it's called Mancy That. And I'm going to name some of these mancies that Hair Trippa has listed. And I'm going to give you two definitions, one real and one that's mine. And you're going to have to guess which is the right definition. Oh, I'm excited. I like this. So your first mancy is gyromancy. Oh, okay. G-Y-R-O mancy. Gyromancy. Yeah. Is it either the divination by studying where a dizzy person lands in a circle of letters? Or is it divination by studying the dance of inebriated courtesans? I mean, based on the gyro meaning spinning, I'm going to say the first one. Yes, you are correct, Emily. Okay. Oh, boy. What a relief. So, gyromancy comes from the ancient Greek nyros, which means circle. Gyromancy can also be done with spinning coins. It's like electromancy, but you put a human in the center and spin them around and see what letters they fall on. I don't even know how you could read anything from that. It's got to be just a mess, right? But, you know, magic is a mess. But not to Hair Trippa. Hair Trippa said that he could use gyromancy to prove 
that the character was a cuckold, saying, If thou shouldst turn round circles, thou mightest assure thyself from me that they would fall always on the wrong side. (laughs) Your next one is Seromancy. C-E-R-O-Mancy. Seromancy. Okay. Do I get options for this one? (laughs) Yeah, I gotta give you the options, huh? Your options are divination by studying the color of smoke created when burning flowers. Oh. Or divination by studying the shapes of melted wax dripped into cold water. Wow. I mean, all right. I'm going to guess it's the colored smoke one. Incorrect, Emily. Oh, man. I knew it. I felt it in my heart. (laughs) <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah, so seromancy is divination by studying wax dripped into cold water. Again, that seems like you could just make shapes with it. Like, that's what we do with, like, that sand that you put pour the magic sand, right? <laughs> yeah. It can also be called caromancy, C-A-R-R-O-mancy. Okay. It comes from the Greek kiros, which means beeswax, of course. Beeswax specifically? Yeah, beeswax specifically. Or okay. honeycomb, I think. Herr Trippa said that he could prove his point by seromancy, where by the means of wax dissolved into water, thou shalt see the figure, portrait, and lively representation of thy future wife and of her freddin' fredaliatory belly thumpin' blades. <laughs> belly thumpin'? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I looked up freddin' fredaliatory, and neither of those are words. Just good, for, good, good, yeah. good, good, good. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're ready for your last one, Emily? All right, hit me. Your word is anthropomancy. Oh. A-N-T-H-R-O-P-O-mancy. Yeah. Your options are divination by studying the movement patterns of people in a crowd or divination by studying the entrails of sacrificed men and women. Oh, boy. I mean, it's so like anthropology is a word. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yes, you are correct. Wow, Emily, yeah. Tell us some more insights. Um, yeah, so I'm going to say, God, I mean, I'm going to say it's the first one just because I really hope it's not the second one, but I know that you're about to tell me that it is. Yeah, I got bad news, Emily. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. The chickens didn't is, even come out of their coop, huh? They didn't come out of their coop, and someone said, we're going to kill the Polarius instead. <laughs> so yeah, anthropomancy is divination by studying the entrails of sacrificed peoples. It comes oh. from the ancient Greek word anthropos, which means human. It's sometimes called splanknomancy. <gasps> splanknomancy? Spelled S-P-L-A-N-C-H-N-O-mancy, which looks like splanchnomancy. <laughs> and it, it, that comes from the ancient Greek word splunknon, which means guts, bowels. Wow. It's disgusting that anybody sure. would ever do that. But so, there was someone who did do that. As Hare Trippa says, when he tries to justify his belief that the character is a cuckold, he says, by anthropomancy, practiced by the Roman emperor Heliogabalus, it is somewhat irksome, but thou wilt endure it well enough, seeing thou art destinated to be a cuckold. Hey, has your Gabalus been injured? I will heal you, Gabalus. <laughs> Emily! <laughs> How are you going to heal the Gabalus, Emily? To be honest, he could probably just take an aspirin. 
<laughs> Kyle, really good episode. Really fun game. Really fun word. Yeah. Now I hope that we all take a little bit more time to appreciate our chickens and the yes. role that they play in our lives. Yes, you should definitely remember to appreciate your chickens and you should definitely remember that you can find Butter No Parsnips on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram at Butter No Parsnips Podcast. And if you like today's episode, consider giving us a five-star rating or review wherever you heard us. And if you really like today's episode, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. Donating $5 or more earns you a shout out either on social media or here on the podcast so thanks so much to all of you you help us make what we make and with that i've been hair imperator and i've been frau moyers (laughs) and this has been butter no parsnips guten tagen Thank you for listening to Butter No Parsnips. Butter No Parsnips is produced by Seth Glicksman, Emily Moyers, and Kyle Imperator. The theme music and additional music is by Kyle Imperator. If you liked listening to this episode, subscribe and give us a good rating and or positive review wherever you heard it. If you really liked listening, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. There you can get bonus content you can't get anywhere else, like the monthly Patreon-exclusive podcast Buttered Parsnips. Your support means the world to us and encourages us to keep making more. Thanks in advance, and we'll be back next week.